Yes, welcome back to the Ameritics with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. We need to be having these conversations. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. I'd appreciate it if you would like and follow me. And offering you a conservatarian perspective. Uh, and there is so much going on both at the national level and here in Colorado. We still have a little over a month of this particular legislative session. And then we're going to get to have a whole nother legislative session next year with these same folks, unless they get some of them get recalled. Uh, and uh, wanted to talk to Senator Kevin Lundberg. Uh, he is a former or former state Senator Kevin Lundberg. Uh, he has a, a real understanding of, of principles. He also has an understanding of what's going on down there. And welcome, Senator Lundberg. It's great to have you on. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. There's a lot going on down there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the first things with me is the budget was presented. Uh, And I know that you know, understand the finances, uh, because Mm -hmm. weren't you on the Joint Mm -hmm. Budget Committee? For the last two years, I was. Yes. So I'm I'm not sure I'd say I understand it, but I certainly know how the process works. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, what do you think about this budget that's been presented? Well, uh, I'm going to have to beg off and, and say I don't know the exact details on it because okay. I haven't been there watching this one develop. But I have talked a bit with uh, Kim Ransom, who is on the Joint Budget Committee, and uh, um, <laughs> she, she's been just overwhelmed with, with all of the stuff coming at her. And, and understand how the budget works is uh, the Joint Budget Committee builds off of what the governor presents, and this would have been Hickenlooper's budget that he would have thrown at him, but, you know, it wouldn't be a whole lot different probably than than uh, the uh, the current guy. And um, they will fold in from time to time into that budget some of the bills that are coming through. So I'm, I'm certain that it, uh, for example, there was over a million dollars that was appropriated for House Bill 1032, the sex ed bill, okay. which... It just blew me away that they did that before the budget came about. I'm sure that the Joint Budget Committee has put that money into the budget um, in in some form, uh, at least acknowledged that it's there because they spent it before the budget was actually made, <laughs> which which is kind of the unusual part of it. Usually the Joint Budget Committee, as they say, works off of the previous year's budget. They budget according to what current law says. And yet, in this year, they're spending a whole lot more. Here's another example. Um, All-day kindergarten programs for all the school districts across the state. Um, That was the big story where the Joint Budget Committee said, yes, we will fund that. We will put in an additional $185 million in the system for that. Now, that's above and beyond everything else that's going on. Um, It's... It it, uh, it it well it doesn't surprise me in one sense because last year on um, for the Republican side and, and then that year we had half of the JVC was Republican this year understand it's it's four Democrats and two Republicans so the Republicans stand by and watch as the mm-hmm. do whatever they want but but last year we knew we had some additional revenues coming in and and I knew that they weren't going to s- save much of them. Actually, some of it we did. We increased the statutory reserve. 
I, I doubt if they're doing that this year because what they're trying to do is find more cash to spend. Um, we also devoted more money towards transportation, towards roads. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that didn't turn out to be as much as we'd hoped, even though it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So this year, the priority is the all-day kindergarten. Um, and a lot of Republicans, I'm afraid to say, have come, gone on board with that as well. Uh, I find that quite disappointing on, on several levels, um, one of which is statistically, you know, the governor keeps saying, well, we want kids to be prepared so they can be more academically uh, um, proficient when they get into uh, the higher grades. Well, when you increase um, uh, early education like that, they find that uh, uh, there's no statistical evidence after third grade that that, uh, these kids have gotten any additional preparation because there are so many other factors. So how are the schools treating them in first, second, and third grade? What about the parents? Are they really uh, behind the the kids' uh, education or just sending them off to school? so they spent money on the governor's wish list, first and foremost. Um, I'm sure that the rest of the budget reflects uh, the, the spend, spend, spend that we've, we've seen uh, from the, the D's every year. You know, and, and when you put the budget together, every department comes before you and special interest group and says, what about this, what about this, mm-hmm, what about mm-hmm. this? And you, you end up growing the budget. When I started 16 years ago, um, it seems to me the overall budget was somewhere in the, let me think, it, it was um, in the low teens as far as how many billions of dollars the total budget was spending. Now we're well over $30 billion. Um, we're going the wrong direction. And, and if you think taxes are too high and if you think that that the uh, the government is uh, uh, is intent on on being involved in too many parts of our lives, yeah, this is it. Uh, and this is the proof of it, the pure proof of it, is, is the budget is just growing as fast as they can, even with Tabor there. And, and they're trying to get rid of Tabor. Tabor a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's one of the latest bills that came out. I think it's 1257. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I say get rid of Tabor, there are two main parts that are left. They've already, you know, not a way to add it over the years. But one, um, taxes and, and uh, long-term debt require a vote of the people. And number two, there's a limit on how much they can spend, so how much revenue they can keep and spend. Well, they violated the limit on, on uh, the vote of the people or the requirement for the vote of the people many, many times, and they've got a big bill out there this year where they're creating this Family Leave Act, which will be a hundreds of millions of dollar program. But guess what? It's not a tax. It's a fee. Right. It's just <laughs> semantics on language is and what so it is. Would. Yeah. But then 1257 takes the final step and really, I think, the fatal blow to Tabor if they actually do two things. One, they pass it, which I suspect they will. And number two, if the people approve it, because at least they know they have to get that approved approval. And that's to... You might say detabor tabor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to well, and a lot un- of local districts can do this. Well, a couple of things. Have. It's it's unconstitutional, first of all, to do it this way because tabor, the taxpayer, taxpayers' bill of rights is uh, is a constitutional amendment to the right. Colorado Constitution. So I think uh, that this is highly unconstitutional. First of all, to do I, this I'm glad this you way. Pointed that out. Yes. 
And then the other thing, and this was so sneaky. Well, you mentioned a couple of really sneaky things. And I I don't like it when government does sneaky things. I mean, I think we are supposed to have a relationship between the people and our government, you know, we the people and our government, one of of truth and transparency. But on Tabor, as you mentioned, there's a couple of of components of it. The first component is that, that basically the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, the amendment to the Constitution, Colorado Constitution, says... Hey, government, if you want to raise our taxes, you just have to ask us. You just have to make the case and you have to ask us. Then the other component of it is, is that, and it's a very, um, uh, it's, it's a good formula. It's a formula of population and inflation. And so it puts puts that factor in there. But then anything above that, any revenue growth above that, once again, we just say, hey, government, if you want to keep all that excess revenue after we've we've given you an increase already, just ask us. But Senator Lundberg, it's amazing to me. There are people on both sides. It's a bipartisan um, uh, effort to have their hands in your pocket. I want to say for 1257, it's just barely bipartisan. Uh, I believe there's one One. senator in, and I've worked with him enough to know that that's not a big surprise, Mm -hmm. put it that way, gently. Um, the the vast majority of the Republican caucus is solidly against uh, this uh, this uh, this killing of Tabor. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm glad you pointed out that it's unconstitutional because it is for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, uh, if if you're really going to take that big a swipe at Tabor, you need to change Tabor. You need to go back to the Constitution and say, okay, that part doesn't exist. And here's how the legislature does it. By a two-thirds majority in both houses, they, they pass a bill that then goes to the people, and then the people are required to pass it by a um, uh, 55% majority. Now, maybe they'll finagle around that one because they said to repeal old constitutional changes, it only takes 50%. But... But this would not be a repeal of Tabor. This would be a modification that mm-hmm. I think should meet the full constitutional requirement. Um, and and I, by either of those measurements, it just isn't. And, and so by a simple bill, which just takes a simple majority in both houses, uh, they put this up. And uh, it's kind of like referendum C. I've heard it be called uh, son of C. Uh, which was a five-year quote timeout from the the mm-hmm. spending limit, mm-hmm. and and that was unconstitutional, even though it it was allowed to uh, to uh, uh, function. So we are right now illegally operating way beyond what uh, Tabor actually uh, required us to do. Um, but then this is permanent. This is forever. You know, you never go back to to uh, change things. You just uh, act as if refsi never existed. Well, and uh, I mean, it, it, Tabor never existed. It doesn't. Re- it doesn't respect the next generation. You know, we. I think that we need to take a look at things, and we need to make decisions. You know, for us, but we can't encumber. You know, the next generation and take away their choice to be able to vote on on these new taxes. There's there's something about and, uh, you know, great societies and great people of which America was is based on great society. And there's a lot of great, great Americans out there, great societies 
and great people care about how they treat their neighbors and what they pass on to their children. And so let's continue on. We're going to go to break, uh, Senator Lundberg, and come back, mm-hmm. continue to talk about what is happening down at the Golden Dome here in, in Colorado. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Stay tuned. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Uh, be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with me former state senator Kevin Lundberg. He served our state for 16 years, both, first of all in the House of Representatives, then as a senator. And uh, I think Senator Lundberg, it's one of the reasons why I don't like term limits. Uh, although I think there, there's a, I think there's a good guy that's, that's taking your place, but you've done such great work for the people of Colorado. And, and I, I, I know there's many, many people that I didn't mean to go down the, the uh, conversation of term limits. <laughs> However, I still believe that term limits should be at the voting box is where I think it should be instead of a kind of a forced thing. And what, what do you think about that? Since you were termed out, what's your thoughts? Well, I'm one of the rare term limited people who still supports term limits. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I, I regret not being down there from time to time, but, but I also recognize a couple of things. Had it not been for term limits, I probably wouldn't have gotten in in the first place. Okay. Uh, just given the, the it, it, it did loosen up the system so more people could get in, engaged and involved. Okay. Uh, here's here's the big problem we have with term limits in my mind is we don't have it at the federal level, and so what we have is is this incredible stratification of power in Congress where. Uh, it takes 30 years to actually get established, and by that time they're so ingrown to the system that uh, that they really should be, you know, changed uh, out. Um, and uh, it it should be, a, you know, people say, well, you term limit people by uh, voting them out, but but uh, at the federal level, uh, you find that if somebody's been there for decades, it's it's, it's pretty difficult. virtually impossible. Yeah, and. And I believe that the uh, legislature at the state and the federal level should be comprised of we the people. And and let me take that and kind of double that back to what we were talking about before, because if you look at the Colorado Constitution, it's very clear that the legislature is empowered by the people, and the people reserve the right to review all legislation. That's what it says. Um, and it rarely happens, even though it is happening this year with the national popular vote. There's a there, there's a, a referendum being uh, petitions being circulated right now mm-hmm. to say we don't think that was the right thing on the part of the legislature, and we want to review that. But there's this little catch. They have 
that they put in the Constitution as well that if it uh, if it's an immediate uh, concern of health and safety for the people of Colorado, you can circumvent that and just put the bill in place automatically, and that's what they do. You know, so once again they they violate that. I watched that so many times. They they put in what's called a safety clause, mm-hmm. and that means the people cannot review the legislation. Um, that's what that safety people, clause does, huh? That is yeah, that's. That's huh. what a safety clause is, is it's to circumvent the requirement that that uh, the people have that right to review the legislation before it becomes law. And and you see, because without the safety clause, the, the bill cannot become law until sometime in August after the session is concluded. Um, huh. and, and they do that for almost everything. They didn't for the national popular vote because it's a really hard thing to argue uh, <laughs> that it's affecting anything because it, it's just joining a compact that isn't even in effect yet. Um, so they couldn't get away with it. And in this case, I, I think the people are going to have an opportunity to, to review it. But so many of the other pieces of bad legislation that are going down, like uh, Senate Bill 181, mm-hmm. you know, the oil and gas uh, kick them out of the state, basically, mm-hmm. bill. Or the Family Leave Act, uh, um, you know, I could just go down the line. Safety clause, safety clause, safety clause, which is a slap on the face of the people every time. You know, and, and I would recommend to folks to go read this legislation. I think for many years I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm just a regular person. You know, I, I, I'm i not going to understand, you know, what this legislation is. And you know what? You can. And you can actually, you can um, you can Google it. You can put in like uh, Senate Bill 19181. So how that works is if it, if it originates in the Senate, it's an SB, a Senate bill. If it originates in the House, yeah. it's an HB. Then it has the year. So it's 19. And then, um, for example, the oil and gas bill, it's 181. And, you know, typically I'm seeing, um, you know, they may be 30 some pages long, although the one to get around Tabor, I think that's only about four pages. But you can look and, and at the very end is that safety clause. And if you you look at that, you realize they're trying to get around, as you mentioned, the will of the people. That is absolutely, it's dishonorable. It's really dishonorable in my view. Well, it is most of the case. I will admit that there is a uh, necessity that some bills do need to be passed right now. You know, some emergency happens, the legislature meets, we've got to make this law. uh, Like a flood or something Uh, like that to help people? Or or, it was a much simpler one. a couple of years ago, we had to rush a bill through because there was a, a compact for nurses uh, among other states, and a lot of nurses were literally going to lose their license if we didn't get this thing passed, and that's because we kind of got caught with some other components that were working in other states, and so it had to happen, and it had to happen now. Um, okay, that that's why the Constitution really does have that safety clause provision, but but that's a rare occurrence, and unfortunately, the lack of a, uh, safety clauses is the rarity. Uh, I, let me give you a simpler way to look at some of this legislation, okay. if I might. Yes. Uh, and that is, I publish a list of all of the bills that I consider to be real significant changes for the state of Colorado in an email that I send out every week okay. during the session. And uh, you can sign up for my email. It's... Uh, you just go to my website, kevinlundberg.com, give me your email address, and, and on this list, I have the link 
to each one of these bills. So you just oh, that's on, really there easy. You are. How many do you have I on am, there right now, Kevin? Well, there are about 35 or so. I mean, the, it could be more, but I've, I've tried to limit this. Some of them are really good bills. Unfortunately, they've all lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, without exception. Uh, but but the others, a lot of them are in process still, and I try to list, you know, past the House, past this. Uh, maybe it's on the governor's desk. Maybe the governor signed it. Uh, or if there's nothing, that just means it's in the first House in in committees. That's and awesome that you have yet. that. That is awesome. It, it's well, it's it's uh, something that that helps you sort it out a bit. But what you said at first was the most important thing, and that is read the bill. That's something I'm afraid to tell you. Not enough legislators do. <laughs> I mean, you would be amazed at how many bills. And and there's some practical reality of that because we have hundreds of bills, mm-hmm. and you. Uh, for some, if you're on certain committees, you spend hours and hours listening to all the testimony on that particular bill. And, uh, and so it's difficult. But unfortunately, a whole lot of the really big, important bills, legislators just, you know, they say, oh, yeah, I'm for it. Or maybe they say, I'm against it. But they don't really know why because they never really studied the bill. Uh, you as a citizen need to know that. And you need, when you talk to your legislator, you know, if there's a significant problem on a particular bill, you need to drag them over that paper, you know, on that page and say, look, on page 12, this is the problem. Fix it. That That is precisely right. And we as citizens can do that. And there is great credibility when you are debating somebody regarding the merits of, for example, I, I've read the whole, the new green deal, the resolution that, uh, that, uh, uh, and, and it's not that long. I mean, it's probably, you know, 10 pages. Um, but there's credibility when you're talking with someone to say, well, I've read the bill and this is what it says instead of, I heard this on CNN or now, if you've heard it on the Americhicks, you can be assured that we're doing our best to get to truth and clarity. But, you know, actually, I would recommend that everybody read it, (laughs) but but read it, you know, and turn the TV off for just a few minutes instead of listening to all the talking heads, read the bill. And then when you talk to people, you can say, I've read it and I'm concerned about blah, blah, blah. There's credibility in that. And that is really that's the American idea. We the people talking to each other. I know we're about to run out of time, but let me give you a real quick story that happened 20 years ago. Okay. Um, no, 25 years ago. In 1994, there was a huge federal a piece of federal legislation reauthorizing secondary education, and there was a, a mom, and she was, she was a homeschooling mom from New Jersey who decided to read this 1,000-page bill, and she found folded in there this one amendment that would have shut down homeschooling within just a few years from that date in 1994. She went to people and talked to them about it, her legislator and some other legislators and some other folks, and a firestorm started out of that where they actually stripped that out and really changed things. And it was a be- not because some staffer <clears throat> or some lobbyist or some member of Congress read that bill. It's because a citizen decided, I'm going to take the time to read this. And history was made. History was made, and one person can make a difference. One person, I think, searching for truth, clarity, and uh, they can make a difference. You know, there were only 57 signers to the Declaration of Independence, and there was well over a third of the country that did not support 
you know, uh, independence. And so you've got to think about that. Just a few people standing on principle and truth and clarity can make a difference. Senator Lumberg, uh, we've only got about a minute left, but Colorado, I mean, this is this is not the Colorado that I remember, the Western spirit, the individualistic, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, hard work. Um, what can we get it back? I'm, I'm so concerned about what's happened. I am concerned as well, but I haven't given up hope because I don't believe what we're seeing in the legislature reflects the people of Colorado as clearly as it reflects a lot of very shrewd political maneuvering. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work on a lot of, of our parts to actually make that difference. You know, you mentioned some recalls. Uh, I think in some cases that's that's warranted and should be attempted. Now, that's a tough, uh, tough mark one, yeah. to, to mm-hmm. meet. But, it, but if we don't, if we don't, if the bills today that become law, I don't think you're going to be able to recognize this state in another 10 to 20 years. Okay. Uh, I believe it's going to be at the bottom of the economic barrel. It's going to have uh, the moral values will be totally different. Uh, I am deeply concerned, never have been as concerned as I am uh, with what I see today. But we could change it if we get to work right now. Well, Senator Kevin Lundberg, uh, thank you so much. And you're going to like this quote for the, for the uh, end of the show. It's Thomas Paine. He says, the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. So we got to be in the fight. <laughs> well, well we've, we've got a lot of. A lot of glory ahead of us. Yeah, we do. So thank you so much. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.